presented by Facebook. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Rogu Munavalan. It's Wednesday. It's the juggernaut matchup that Republicans can't stop talking about. Former President Donald Trump, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and it's going a little differently than you might think. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. The conventional wisdom for more than a year is that Trump would be impossible to beat in a GOP primary. But according to a new USA Today, Suffolk University poll, that's no longer the case, at least in their home state of Florida. In a hypothetical Sunshine State presidential primary matchup, DeSantis leads Trump 48% to 40%. That's a major swing from January, when Trump was beating DeSantis by 7 percentage points. The director of the Suffolk University Political Research Center put it this way. This doesn't necessarily mean DeSantis would lead in any other GOP primary state, but it is one data point suggesting a shift in preferences from GOP voters away from Trump and toward DeSantis from Republicans who know both potential combatants quite well. It's worth noting the picture is quite different nationally. A new political morning consult polling out today, Trump garners 52% among all Republican voters, with DeSantis grabbing just 19%. Though it's worth noting, Trump's support has sagged by five points from where it was a month ago. Politico's own Meredith McGraw has a look this morning at what the new polling tells us about the Republican electorate. The numbers, she writes, illustrate the political benefits and larger downsides that the Mar-a-Lago probe continues to present for Trump. The investigation has allowed him to coalesce his base and provided him with tools to raise boatloads of money. It's no secret that Doug Mastriano, the far-right state senator running for Pennsylvania governor, has had trouble uniting the GOP establishment fundraising base behind him. It's a big reason why his campaign has yet to air a single general election TV ad seven weeks before the election. But it goes, national politics reporter Holly Otterbein is here to talk all about it. Holly, how's it going? How are you? It's going great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I have heard you have a bit of juicy news when it comes to a fundraiser happening in Pennsylvania when it comes to a couple of uh, GOP candidates there. Why don't you lay out what's going on, what you found? Yeah, that's right. So the governor's race here um, is featuring Doug Mastriano. He's a far-right uh, state senator running on the Republican side versus Josh Shapiro, who's the Democrat running for governor. And Shapiro is holding a fundraiser um, in Philadelphia on Wednesday. And one of the co-hosts is someone named Cheryl Bartos. Um, That is the wife of Jeff Bartos, who is actually the co-chair of Dr. Oz's Senate campaign. And Jeff Bartos is also a prominent Republican in the state. Um, He was the GOP nominee for lieutenant governor in 2018. And he also ran for the Senate unsuccessfully, of course, um, this year as well. My question there then is, it seems like this seems like some sort of split happening between the state GOP apparatus there if, you know, wives of former candidates are supporting Democratic candidates in competitive races. Yeah, it's not something that you see every day. Um, During the primary a number of Republican establishment folks tried to stop Mastriano from winning the nomination. Mm. They essentially tried to 
get the the non-Mastriano candidates to all line up behind one single non-Mastriano candidate um, so that he, you know, would not divide the field and take advantage of that split, you know, field. Mm-hmm. Um, but he ended up doing that. The, the effort was um, not successful overall. There were a couple people that dropped out and lined up behind one candidate, but they weren't able to do what they wanted to do. And Mastriano was able to win the nomination. So the GOP establishment, you know, came from a place of not being super excited about Mastriano, largely because they felt as though he was the least electable mm. of the gubernatorial candidates um, in on the Republican side. Over the last few months, the majority of Republican elected officials and party officials have gotten behind Mastriano. Uh, but I think what this fundraiser suggests is that like behind the scenes, the Republican establishment is still not fully united behind him. Mm-hmm. Is the idea behind this fundraiser, is this a fundraiser, you know, at large or is this uh, particularly targeting, um, let's say, lapsed Republicans or maybe moderate Republicans that might be willing to kind of jump ship from Mastriano uh, candidacy? Not necessarily. It's a fundraiser in Philadelphia. Uh, the Bartoses are from the Philadelphia area. Former Governor Ed Rendell, who's a Democrat, is another co-host mm-hmm. of the fundraiser. So it's not, you know, specifically aimed at Republicans. Um, there have been fundraisers for Shapiro that I think have been more aimed at Republicans um, and have included a number of Republican donors. And th- that's another kind of thing that I think um, this fundraiser shows is that, you know, Shapiro has been able to pick off some GOP donors here and there. This is also kind of a window into the awkward relationship mm-hmm. between Mastriano world and Oz world. Mm-hmm. Oz is just a more moderate Republican. And the fact that, you know, Bartos is the co-chair of his campaign and his wife is raising money for Shapiro, I think just shows that the, you know, the relationship between those two candidates is a little bit awkward. I will say, though, of course, Oz was asked recently if he supports Mastriano, and he did say that he was, quote, endorsing the entire Republican slate. Hmm. So he is backing him. um, But, you know, they're very different candidates. And I think this is just like a little tiny window into, you know, how their relationship is not necessarily the closest thing in the world. How are they doing in their um, respective races? I feel like they're kind of targeting a completely different audience. I'm just curious if you happen to know. Yeah, I mean, Oz is certainly speaking to a general electorate, right? He's talking to Republicans, but also trying to win over independents and conservative-leaning Democrats. Mastriano is doing a base-only approach. You know, he's really only talking to the base. Um, And both are not winning in the polls. Hmm. Um, Mastriano is behind Shapiro, Uh, Oz is behind Fetterman in the Senate race. Um, But we are starting to see the polls in the Senate side tighten a little bit. Mm. I think more than we've we've seen that recently on the governor's side. And so that might be perhaps a reflection of their approaches. We'll see. Um, I mean, I think Mastriano is making the bet that in a, you know, year like this where the party out of power usually um, does well, uh, that you can do a GOP base only approach. Politico's Holly Otterbein, national politics reporter. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House at 1035 a.m. Eastern. President Joe Biden will deliver remarks at the U.N. General Assembly. 
at 11.45. Biden will participate in a bilateral meeting with the UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez. At 1.15, Biden will participate in a bilateral meeting with British Prime Minister Liz Truss. And at 4 p.m., Biden will deliver remarks at the Global Fund's 7th Replenishment Conference. 7 p.m., the President and First Lady Jill Biden will host a leader's reception at the American Museum of National History. Here's what's on the Vice President's calendar. At 11 a.m., Vice President Kamala Harris and Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff will attend a service for Queen Elizabeth II at the Washington National Cathedral. At 2.15, Harris will deliver remarks on a press call with Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen to provide an update on the Emergency Capital Investment Program. The Senate will meet at 10 a.m. to resume consideration of the resolution of ratification on TDOC 117.1, amendment to the Montreal Protocol post-closure. VA Secretary Dennis McDonough will testify before the Veterans Affairs Committee at 3 p.m. The House will meet at 10 a.m. Top bank executives will testify before the Financial Services Committee at 10 a.m. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghubman Avalon. Have a good Wednesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Facebook is taking action to keep its platform safe. Their safety and security teams are over 40,000 strong. That's more than the size of the FBI. All for more meaningful connections. Learn more about the work ahead at facebook.com forward slash action.